0: Turn their retirement goals into reality and improve their lives. And now, here's your host Ross Brannan.
1: Welcome to the show. My guest today is Marianne Scott. Marianne is with the Business Group Resources in San Diego. Companies that work with Business Group Resources claim, on average, six figures of R and D tax credits that they are entitled to. Today, she's a guest on Financial Flossing. Marianne, welcome
2: to the show. Well, thank you, Ross, for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Well, thank you for coming. So if anyone who has listened to this show knows I am all about reducing taxes. I love the idea of reducing taxes. So tell me a little bit about like, what are R&D tax credits? Because I don't think they're very well known about.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe a a little bit of history about it, and then we'll get into the details. Um, This is a program that started in in 1981 during the Reagan administration, and it was a tool for economic recovery. So it was a way of rewarding companies for hiring and keeping jobs on American soil for innovation and growth. Uh, Traditionally, the focus was on manufacturing, certainly that was the focus with a lot of the whole economic engine in the 80s was manufacturing but subsequent to that uh, different administrations have made changes to it but most notably it was in 2015 that they were made permanent through the PATH act and this is PATH is protecting americans against tax fights and it was so they made it much easier for smaller companies that's uh, really less than fifty million in revenue to get them. So you know the, the so with that history is that you know these are tax incentives, and this is a way that every industry actually all industries are eligible except for really doesn't suit the the retail. But dental practice is a, a heavy qualifying sector.
1: All right, so let's kind of get technical for a second here because we sure. use two different words. And a lot of people, most people, don't know what they are, and so I want you to right. explain them and tell us if there is a difference, or they are the, are they the same word interchangeably, with R and D tax credit and R and D tax incentive? Are they the
2: same? Or are they different? You know, we do use it in interchangeably, and but how, what happens in terms of the depending on the company's corporate structure? Typically, if you pay taxes. And let's say you're a, a tax structure, C corp, uh, not an S-corp, an LLC, a sole proprietor, it could be a PA, um, and you pay taxes and you're going to get money back. In this case, it's a rebate. You're getting you're actually getting cash back in your pocket. These are checks going directly to you. They're a pass-through entity, a tax entity, as is, is you know, and and so the uh, the rebate in this sense it's a it's a tax rebate that's coming back to you. Now, in the case of a C corp, for example, a lot of C corps don't pay taxes, you know, as we know, and but we can look at a current tax year where there could be some tax. Uh, opportunity, in that case, it would be a credit. And those credits can be carried forward 20 years. Oh, wow. So
1: obviously, this is a podcast geared towards dentists. And so talking about R&D tax credits or incentives for dentists, how did you get into that? What's your backstory?
2: Well, my backstory is, well, I, you know, I spent 25 years as a senior manager working in global operational roles for Fortune 200 technology companies. I was then, after that, recruited as CEO of a venture-backed startup company, and I continued working with small businesses and early-stage companies until I was introduced by an investor uh, to Business Group Resources. So I just saw this as an incredible way to help uh, small businesses. Interesting. So there's probably been a
1: lot of dentists on this who are listening to this who have heard something about R&D tax credits. There's probably a lot of uh, misinformation out there. In my experience, CPAs don't deal in this world. It's usually outside firms like yours that do. Yeah. So what myths are out there surrounding these incentives?
2: Well you know there's a couple that we come up with all the time. The first is people think that in CPAs in particular still think that this is just for manufacturing companies. And you know this can't be farther from the truth because of all the changes that have happened, and especially in the 2015 Dispath Act. It's now really it's more companies are eligible for it. In fact, this has been so successful of a program that 35 states have emulated. A similar program for their states. That's myth number one. Number two is that people think, well, you have to invent something. I have to make the next drug or vaccine in a lab and, uh, you know, be in the beaker with the lab coat on. And, and no, that is not, not the case at all. You could just be coming up with researching new ideas coming, a new, or new techniques Improving your business processes or your processes and how you do things, and what we look for is—is there a a custom solution to what you do? And of course, we'll talk. I could talk. We'll talk a little more about dental practices, about exactly you know what are those qualifying activities, and then the third myth, and I get this is it's too good to be true. You know, I (laughs) I had a client of uh, actually or two partners. It was a you know not a dental practice but a different company, and each one I was uh, telling them I had we just did uh, an incentive analysis, giving them an idea of, of what they're getting back. And I said to one, I said, "Listen, Dan, you we're looking at estimating you're going to get back two hundred fifteen thousand dollars, and Joe was uh, one hundred and sixty thousand, and you could have heard a pin drop. And the first thing I heard was." This is too good to be true. They had absolutely no idea that they were eligible for this money. So uh, just because, you know, you don't know about it doesn't mean that it's not true. And as I said, you know, this is a program that's been around for 45 years, 40 years. And also, you know, we have 35 states who have emulated a similar program.
1: Well, it sounds really good. It sounds too good to be true. And suppose someone's working with you, and they go down the process, and you say, "Hey, I'm going to save you x amount of dollars. You're going to get this much money back." Lots of times, people don't
2: take advantage of this. Why is that? Well, the biggest reason is the big A word, and that is audit. And I get that a lot, and it is, "Oh, I'm afraid of getting audited. We're stretching it too too much." In fact. I find that the CPAs, you know, here's the thing 95% of the CPAs don't do this kind of tax work, right? I mean, right. they're focused on tax mitigation, they're focused on tax planning, getting those returns in, and getting the most deductions as they can, you know, for the client. This is not an area of tax, this is a specialty area tax. You know that's why our tax firm that's the only kind of tax work you know that they do. So, when I talk to and I've talked to many uh, CPAs, you know, when it came to, to, de- to dentists, they'll say, You know, I just don't get it. How is it that a dentist would be qualified for these tax incentives? And you know, the audit thing is the predominant reason. And here's the thing we've done Hundreds of dental dental practices and thousands of businesses. And in the last 17 years, not once did one of our clients ever get audited or where an audit was initiated because of these tax incentives. So, you know, the IRS knows these are legitimate valid tax credits. This is a tax incentive program for businesses. And so it's a matter, we're very conservative in how we do our numbers. We're not there to poke the bear and, and get more than we, you know, what, than what's really owed. And these, these tax incentives, they, they go through uh, smoothly for our clients. Yeah. The
1: IRS has done a very good job of uh, establishing the intimidation effect for sure. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And, 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 you know, it's interesting is that you read some stuff and I, I went through this with a, uh, a regional bank uh, president I'm working with. And, you know, you read some of the marketing material that these other tax firms have, and they put the whole fear of audit in that. You know, yeah. oh, we'll protect you. We got this audit protection plan. Oh, my goodness. I said, you know, you've got to be kidding me. No, 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 no. You know, this is this is something that, you know, you're owed. Is, these are congressionally mandated. This has been passed by law and you know you're entitled these companies are is business uh, dental practice owners you're entitled to these credits so or, so let's talk about
1: how this works specifically for dental practices because like you said there is a misnomer misnomer that's manufacturing um, it's not maybe it was originally but it's not now so how does this fit for a dental practice
2: well so here's what it is you know Dental practices is a heavy qualifying sector. I mean, this is just, it's just so, it fits so well for it. So for example, what are the kinds of things that dental practices do? One is you diagnose, you come up with a custom treatment plan for every patient. It's that research, that diagnosing, and that customization of what you do, number one. Number two is that you could be researching and using new materials, such as invisible braces, and veneers. Another thing is you could be buying new equipment. Certainly, uh, that's an important thing. The newest, latest microscopes, Um, It could be 3D printers, any lasers, you know, that that type of equipment. Maybe you have an an on-site milling machine or a lab. Uh, It could be working on complex cases. Maybe you're talking to another specialist, another dentist, you know, to get an opinion on something. You're doing some other kind of research. And lastly, it could be uh, coming up with new or improved processes. It could be business processes, maybe onboarding your clients, your patients. It could be, you know, new payment system. It could be a new technique, you know, in terms of how you're doing, you know, particular braces or, or whatever, the kinds of things that you do. So these are the qualifying activities specific to dental practices.
1: So let's talk brass tacks. Let's talk numbers here. So obviously, it depends on the size of your practice. We are speaking in generalities here. These are are not guarantees. These are not, hey, you can get this. These are ballpark estimates, historical numbers of different dental practices across the country. Throw some numbers out here on, on what you've seen people get.
2: Well, I have actually, I was just going to look at a, um, we have a a case studies for dental practices. So let me just read off a couple of these case studies just to give you an idea as to what it is. So I just recently did a a dental practice here in San Diego, a solo practitioner doing about two and a half million in revenue, and and he's getting back $165,000. Nice. Um, we, we did a, um, a dental group practice. They had four locations in Orange County. They had 40 plus doctors of dental surgery. They got back $570,000. We did an orthodontist in Las Vegas, one location, uh, $182,000. We did a pediatric dentist, another one in San Diego, 100, $111,000. What, a general what's the federal group in Columbus, Ohio. That was two locations. They got back $100,000. What is the driving factor?
1: Because I'm sure plenty of people don't get that much. What's the driving factor for it to be a larger number?
2: Well, it's going to be number of employees for sure. You know, you're paying payroll taxes, right? Well, it, you know, revenue, you know, the more revenue you making, the more you know, your potential for, for taxes, you're paying more taxes, potentially paying more taxes. Um, but it also that plus the, um, the number of employees, you know, that you have. And it depends also on the equipment. If you're buying new equipment, there could be several things related to that. So what
1: are some reasons why this might not work for some people? They may not get good results when they go through the process
2: well here's what we do because you know in order to see if a dental practice qualifies you know we want to make sure we want to work with someone and we're we're not here to waste somebody a dentist their time we don't want to waste their time or ours and what we do is we offer a free incentive analysis so we'll do a free look actually the good thing is right now we can go back three years federal. 2018, 2019, 2020 are the three years that dental practices, dentists can take advantage of this. So we'll go through a discovery form. It's actually a a snapshot of your business. I go through that with the dentist, with the owner. We have questions specific to the R&D tax credit. And then we get their taxes for those three years. Our CPA will take it one year and do a free analysis. And then I could give them a good idea as to how much money. And once we come back with a report, we know if if there is no recovery, let's say for whatever reason, maybe they took a lot of uh, deductions and there really isn't anything. The write-offs are just gone, whatever. We'll say no recovery. There's nothing there. But if there is, you know, we'll come up with whatever the we think. It's a conservative estimate as to how much money that a dentist would be getting back. So at that point, we know 100% for sure that that dentist is eligible for those tax credits and can get that money. So we, we talked
1: a few minutes ago about how the myths out there sometimes can make people hesitant to, to move forward. Have you had a lot of experiences or any experiences of people being a little hesitant to move forward, but ultimately moving forward and coming back and like, oh, Marianne, thank you so much. I'm so glad we did this.
2: Oh, yeah. I uh, actually had a dentist here in San Diego. We actually went through the process. Uh, we did the discovery form. We gave him an estimate. He said, yeah, let's go for it. We estimated $165,000. And then uh, we, our CPAs, did the work with the returns. And so he, and during that time, he switched to a different CPA. And actually, uh, so the CPA firm, uh, the CPA came back and said, don't do it. Um, oh, don't do it. You know, this is crazy. I've never seen a dental practice get this. So I get on the phone uh, with, the, with the CPA and walked him through. Uh, The qualifying activities, here's what we do. Here's why this dentist qualifies. And you know what? He still didn't get it. So I got back to the the dentist and uh, we had a discussion. He was still hesitant. And I said, look it, you are entitled to this. These are congressionally mandated. And then, you know, finally, you know, I I said, look it, uh, does your CPA make, this is a business decision. You know, does your CPA make a, your business decision? And he said, no. And I said, well, then what do you want to do? And he said, well, he actually waited, uh, slept on it over, it was over a weekend, got back to me and said, let's go forward. And now he's collected, he's collecting close to 180000 because there's some interest that he gets on the money. I circled back with that CPA and I said, well, now you can see <laughs> He got these checks. And he still was didn't want to recognize it didn't want to acknowledge. So it's funny, it's whatever that mindset is, I don't, you know, I certainly, you know, whatever, I'm not a psychologist. But there's still a a real block in terms of understanding and seeing that this can be very beneficial to to Dennis. Now to
1: clarify for some
2: people out there, is this a one-time thing or is this something
1: you do every year? This is something you're eligible every tax year. So yes. you go back three years and you get 90 grand. Well, that's, let's assume it's the same, $30,000 a year. So you right. can tell me in, the, in this example I'm making up here, I can get $30,000 a year tax credits.
2: That's correct. That's right. what
1: If someone is really good at at tax planning and they have a low taxable income, even though they make a lot of money, would that affect the amount of credits they get on this?
2: Oh, yes, it will. Yeah, because it is directly correlated to the amount of tax that you pay. So if you haven't if you don't pay a lot of tax, you may get back maybe fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Okay. So it just depends. Every dental practice, you know, it, it'll just depend on what you, you've you done with your taxes. Fifteen dollars or $20,000 is still fair. Yeah, you know, I you could take a nice a, vacation. You pay send, off some uh, bills.
1: You send me a check for fifteen dollars or twenty dollars
2: So like if someone's
1: like, hey, I'm interested in this type of thing. Like how, how do they kind of learn more about
2: it, get going, things like that? Well, you know, reach out to me and you can uh, get a hold of me and on my that, website.
1: Let's give them the plug for all your contact information. How do they get in touch yeah. with you?
2: So my website is Marianne, M-A-R-Y-A-N-N, A-N-N dot businessgroupresources.com. And my email is Marianne, M-A-R-Y-A-N-N at businessgroupresources.com. And if you want to call, it's 858-382-8830. And And I'm also on LinkedIn. And the process,
1: it's not that hard. Describe the time commitment to do something like this.
2: Well, it's really, we streamlined this. And so the very beginning, um, we would spend about 45 minutes To an hour, uh, we would fill out a discovery form that gives us that snapshot, as I mentioned, of the business and answers questions specific to the R&D tax credit. It also includes a non-disclosure agreement, so any information you provide is kept confidential. Then we have you upload three years of taxes, as I mentioned, we can go back three years. Our uh, CPAs will go off and do an analysis on one year. So that's the first part: is the hour with me getting the taxes to us. After that, it's two more twenty-minute meetings. That's it. The next meeting is to go over the report. That's twenty minutes. Then you we go over uh, what it takes for next step. To, to if you want to move on and do the work, you want us to do the work, you just sign a one-page consulting agreement. And a, we have a statement of understanding, a letter of engagement. You know, and then we do the work and a couple of weeks later, I come back with another 20 minute meeting and I give you the final results, the final numbers. So that is it. Once we complete that, then you just docu-sign, it's e-sign those return, those amended return documents, that's it. So in total, it's maybe 20, uh, about two hours, the whole process for your part. And how long until the checks start coming in? Well, you know, the COVID thing has really thrown an anchor, you know, a little bit of a problem in terms of delays. You know, they were shut down for, what, four or five months last year. And so right now we're seeing checks coming in anywhere from 10 to 12 months, 14 months. But we're seeing it speeding up, especially now that we're estimating it's going to be anywhere from six to eight months. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. Marianne, you've listened
1: to a few of the podcast episodes, so you know I'm going to ask this question right here. Yeah. What is the best book you've read recently, or 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 what, what's a good book
2: that you recommend? Well, you know what? I listened to Kim Butler's Well, she was on your podcast. I thought she was phenomenal. She's the whole area of life insurance, which, you know, I really didn't know a lot about, and I just got her book, on um, The 37 Myths. I think it's Miss of Life Insurance. Now, I'm a little dry, but, you know, what? very entertaining, you know, the way she wrote it. And uh, so that was a great thing.
1: Well, Kim is great. Kim's fantastic. She has lots of books out there. And uh, you chose one of the thicker ones. Most of them are about 80 pages long, but they're quick reads. But you chose the thicker one. But that that's really informative, but it can be a little dry if you're not into the subject matter. So... Uh, but, yeah, anything Kim writes is good. Any other books that you've uh, read recently or you recommend?
2: Oh, my goodness. Some, it was called, uh, the. now you're getting me. It's The Four Engagements, The Four something of Miguel de Luis. Now you got me. I, well, that's okay. I have it on my book stand and <laughs> I look at it.
1: So there you go. No, it's completely understandable. That happens to all of us. That's not a big deal. Marianne, this has been a really, really entertaining and informative uh, topic conversation today. I really appreciate you being on. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today.
2: Well, thank you, Ross, as well. Take care. All right. You too. All right. You've been
1: listening to Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brandon. We'll see you next time.
0: This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brandon, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan,
3: visit rossbrannan.com. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Expiration April 2023.
4: This podcast is for informational purposes only. Marianne Scott is not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are her own. External sites are provided for your convenience in locating the related information and services. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility and do not maintain, control, recommend, or endorse third-party sites, organizations, products, or services and make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax legal or accounting advice. Consult your tax legal or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664, Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311-850-562-9075. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRASIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License number 16139032, California Insurance License number 0L10073, 2022-13200, expiration 124.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.